0: Welcome to episode number 70 of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempe. Today we've got a really special treat for you. We're right between uh, Christmas and New Year's launching this show, and I'm joined by three current and former scholars from the Kaplan Educational Foundation joining me to help us understand the power of education to transform lives. So with us today are Novial, Olivia Delgado, Executive Director of the Kaplan Educational Foundation, uh, Caduce Lowell, Director of Corporate, Corporate Development at Kaplan, and Victoria Flores Almazan, a biochemistry student at Smith College. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Welcome to the show, everybody.
1: Good to be here.
2: Thank you for having us. Pleasure to be here
0: awesome so I seldom have the pleasure of having more than one guest on the show at one time and I always ask my guests to share their story we are not going to stop that that tradition so we'll do a quick round robin session starting with Nolvia then moving to Victoria then moving to Caduce in 90 seconds or less please tell our listeners your story
2: Thank you again for having us, Andy. Um, my story begins in the Dominican Republic. I was born in the Dominican Republic, came to New York when I was five with my mom and my brother. Growing up, my mom didn't speak English. She didn't complete high school, but she always instilled in us the belief that education was our way out and it would open opportunities for us. Um, Being first generation, I didn't know what that meant, and I had no idea that it would lead me to a place like the Kaplan Educational Foundation, one as a scholar and now as um, the executive director. Um, I would say throughout my career, I've worked in the public, private and social sectors, and educational equity has always been a driving force. I think I, I was able to see what education did for me and the doors it opened. Um, And I'm committed to continuing to open those doors for our current scholars um, at the Capital Educational Foundation
0: and beyond. Awesome. Victoria?
2: Hi,
3: everyone. Uh, My name is Victoria. I was born in Acapulco, Mexico. My parents decided to move to the United States when I was 10 years old, and we eventually settled in Illinois where I graduated high school. From then, I decided to move to New York City and enroll at Kingsborough Community College where I graduated with my associates in chemistry and became a Kaplan scholar, which later helped me transfer to Smith College. And now in Smith College, I'm going to be pursuing and finishing with my bachelor's in biochemistry and also a certificate in health science and culture. Thank you.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, Caduce? Yeah, so um,
1: like the of Novia and Victoria, I also was born and raised outside of the United States. I was born in Nigeria and uh, moved to the U.S. A little older, I was about 18 when I moved to the U.S. And my parents' goal is to finish high school in Nigeria, come to the U.S. for college. And my dad at the time was a New York City cab driver. And my mom was a nurse's aide. And uh, came to the Bronx, Went to Hostos Community College, was a host of that. I learned about the Kaplan Educational Foundation, Kaplan Educational Foundation. And um, to the program I applied and got into Stanford University, where I got my master's and my bachelor's in chemical engineering. And uh, since graduating, I've done work in consulting, helping tech companies get funding from the US government. And uh, recently, I've been working at Kaplan in couple development, as you've pointed out. And um, yeah,
0: that's uh, that's wonderful. Three three really great stories. Uh, Nolvia, can you help our listeners uh, understand more about the purpose of the Kaplan Educational Foundation?
2: Of course. So the purpose of the Capital Educational Foundation is to help high-achieving, underrepresented, low-income community college students transfer to selected four-year institutions from community college. What makes us unique is that we're not a scholarship program. We're so much more than that. We provide our scholars with all the support that they need to transfer, but then we also stay with them while they're enrolled in their bachelor's degrees. And what we look for are students who have exhibited leadership potentials and want to make the world a better place. So it's not only about improving their lives, but also having an impact on their communities as well.
0: Yeah it, it's it's such a it's such a wonderful organization, and you know uh, the former chief executive of uh, of Kaplan Jonathan Grayer, the current. Uh, Chairman and chief executive, uh, Andy Rosen, uh, Melissa Mack, uh, a whole host uh, of individuals uh, helped get this thing off the ground. And uh, I I just, I I love uh, at least being tangentially associated uh, because it's just, it's such a, it's such a feel good uh, uh, kind uh, or organization and really, really moving the needle. So Victoria, Can I just add something, Andy,
2: just really quickly? Um, And the foundation has been around for 16 years. So KEF has been doing this work before um, other people were even thinking about transfer students were even considering community college. So I always like to remind folks that KEF has been around for 16 years, changing the lives of community college students and giving us an opportunity when a lot of people didn't.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for making that point because, you know, the community college system in the United States really kind of gets a bad rap. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I've, I've always kind of scratched my head uh, about that. Uh, community college is a great uh, place to uh, start one's education uh, after in in a post secondary way and uh, and and to complete their their education and have real meaningful uh, meaningful jobs a, a lot of folks kind of look down their nose at community college and it does so much for our our economy and and the people in our society uh, victoria let's go to you As a current uh, Kaplan Educational Foundation scholar, can you give us your perspectives on what being part of KEF means to you? And what's the most important benefit of being a scholar?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Often when I'm here at Smith, my professors, um, classmates, friends, they ask me, like Victoria, Tell me your story. Like, you know, how do you arrive to Smith College? What's your story? And not only is my professors and my classmates, but also other parents and other students. And when I tell them my story, the answer often lines up with Kaplan. So I had to come up kind of with an analogy as to what, explain what Kaplan is. And the analogy that I came up with is that I view Kaplan as like a parent, you know. And what does a parent do to his child, right? A parent they give them the skills, the resources, and the values that the child needs in order to continue with their life. Plus, as every other parent knows, right, there's going to be a moment in time where the parent has to let go of his his child's hand. So that's what (laughs) um, eventually Kaplan does. They let go of her hands. But then that's when the gift that Kaplan gives every other scholar. And that's the beautiful gift is the ability to pursue your dream and inspire others. And I can assert that I think every Kaplan scholar will agree that's the most beautiful gift that as an organization they give to us. And I take that gift, that responsibility, very seriously. I, I tell them about Kaplan, I tell them that what they did to me and what I hope to achieve and give to others as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, we, uh, uh, you just, we just had the, uh, the, the gala in New York City, uh, back in, uh, was that October or November, Novia?
2: October.
0: It was October. It it seems so long ago, doesn't it? Yes, (laughs) it does. Anyway, the. The the camaraderie of both current and former scholars uh, was just palpable in that room. Uh, so, you know, uh, Victoria, your explanation of what KEF means to you uh, that that shone through uh, during the during that uh, that gala. So, thank thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Caduce. You graduated from Stanford in 2016 with a master's in chemical engineering. Looking back, what's the most valuable thing you learned during your time as a scholar that's helping you drive workplace success today? Oh,
1: it's a good question. Um, I think I learned a lot of things as a scholar, but if there's one thing I could pick, it would be the, the reminder that I am not the smartest person in the room and it's okay to not be the smartest person in the room, right? For me personally, like, you know, I grew up throughout high school. I was, even in community college, I was like, you know, doing pretty well. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to always be, to always have the answer, to always know the right thing to say all the time. And I think this, being a scholar, surrounded with so many other talented and smart scholars was challenging for my own ego, right? And I think then transferring to Stanford where, like, you know, there was just a level of rigor and intellect is superb. I think being a scholar helped me to be prepared for that experience at Stanford. And I think now, as, I, um, as I'm in the workplace, I approach my work with a level of humility. I approach what I do with a level of open-mindedness to ask questions, to know that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not have the answer and not attach a level of shame to not knowing the answer sometimes. So, yeah.
0: Well... Uh, Caduce, you have learned one of the most valuable and elusive leadership lessons. Uh, many <clears throat> managers and leaders uh, believe that they need to be the smartest person in the room all the time, uh, and that if they're not, they're somehow failing themselves and their teams. So what you have uh, learned early on will definitely, uh, I, I i predict highly, will uh, pay dividends uh, for you in the future. So, Novia, you recently took the helmet, the uh, Kaplan Educational Foundation, from beloved longtime former executive director, Nancy Lee Sanchez. How did your time as a KEF scholar prepare you for the role oh. you find yourself in today?
2: So I think that's the most exciting part of my job is being able to think um, about my time as a scholar when when we're making decisions, when we're making um, programmatic changes. I think I oftentimes think about um, the journey, right, from community college to our four-year institutions. What were the supports that we needed? What services can we improve? Um and it's it's just been very exciting to to reflect on that time as a scholar um makes me feel nostalgic um and use that when when making decisions
0: yeah that's uh that's great you know nancy's uh shoes are figuratively very large uh for uh to fill (laughs) and i'm 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 sure you uh i'm sure you feel that pressure but uh you know you So far, you know, you're you're doing a fantastic job, and I just see a really, really bright future for both you and the foundation uh, moving forward. Um, Victoria, It looks like you're pursuing a career in the medical field. What's next for you after biochem at Smith College? And if you could like write your story for the next 10 years, what would be the, the, the main headlines?
3: Yeah. Um, every scholar, not only myself, but every scholar has very ambitious dreams. And one of my dreams is to be a doctor, but also establish a nonprofit or low-cost medical clinic. And I know that's very ambitious. I have had many um, people, friends, you know, they tell me that Victoria, that's going to take a lot of work. You're going to have to overcome a lot of hurdles. You have no idea what it takes to get there, right? Um, But over the summer, I indulged myself in that environment. I was a research intern at Monsanto Medical School in a brain bag where I worked with Dr. John Curry and his team, and they taught me how I work with like brains, like actual human brains. And I got to learn how to like cut the brain and how they turn those tissues into histology slides. Like I know I was like, how many students, how many um, 22 year olds get to that experience, you know, to work with actual human brains. And he taught me like how to diagnose the patients with neurodegenerative diseases, like what to look for. But at the same time, I also got myself involved in another internship where I worked with as an interpreter for a low-cost medical clinic under the wing of Aura Einstein Medical School up in the Bronx. And there, I was an interpreter, and I worked with doctors and medical students where we took care of uninsured patients that they couldn't afford healthcare. That was one of the requirements, is that you couldn't have health insurance. And there, I got to experience how they run their clinic, you know, what are some of the problems that they get to do. And that's one of the things that Kaplan often told us, is that if you want to pursue your dream, if that's what you want to do, then surround yourself in that environment that you want to be there. Learn from the people that are in that environment, and they're going to become your mentors, and learn from their experience, their mistakes, their wins and you pursue and continue going. So that's often like what I do. And I have no doubt that I'll be able to achieve what I want to achieve. Um, and then often is that the headline that I would say that we're all connected, right. As individuals, my story it, it can be part of your story, just the same way your story is part of mine. So if we all work together as a community, just the way Kaplan does, it would just be a better place. And all of us, I have no doubt, will be able to achieve our inner potential to achieve our dreams.
0: So what is, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's the specialty that you're thinking about uh, as, a, as a doctor?
3: See, that's a tricky question, because like, if you were to ask me like before the summer, I would have to I want to be like a pediatrician. But after being an intern at the brain bank and I got to expose like how to work with brains, like I really got to learn that as a pathologist, you get to see like another side of someone when they die post-mortally, you get to see like the whole story, you know, like not only what they were alive, but also when they, when they died. and being somebody that works with the brain, like you really have to learn everything about the humans, how they function the different systems. And maybe I um, could be a brain surgeon or a <laughs> neuropathology. I'm not sure, uh, but what I do know is that I'm really thankful for my mentors, both the doctors, the people that have been there, that have given me the opportunity to continue following my dreams.
0: That, that's wonderful. Uh, uh, Caduce, if we, if we could turn back to you. Um, you know, you, you studied in the field of chemical engineering, uh, but now you're in corporate development. Uh, and that's a proof point that shows that... <laughs> <laughs> Life is not filled with straight lines, but is instead an experience with lots of arcs and loops and curves. Let's suppose that you have a current college student from a non-traditional background sitting right in front of you right now. What advice do you give to them to prepare for the realities of a career after college?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say, Victoria, very, just very impressive what you're doing. And I uh, can't wait to see what, 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 uh you know, where you, where, where you go. Um, Thank you. If I'm, to, if I'm supposed to like talk to a college student right now and give them advice, I think. Um, well, one quote that has been on my mind lately is that life is lived forward, but understood backwards. Right. And like you said. There's been multiple loops and turns. And I think two things that has helped me that I think that I would recommend for a college student to be one, do internships. Because I was lucky to do internships throughout my undergraduate and even in my grad school. That it was through those internships that I learned that I don't want to go for a PhD. Um, It was through those internships that I learned that I actually do enjoy working as a team, and I enjoy problem solving and things like that. So there's that piece. The other piece I think is take classes outside of your major. And um, I took a class at the Stanford Graduate School of Business in doing my master's program that opened my eyes to the fact that there are multiple things needed to uh, have a successful business. I was, and part of that was like you know. You have to have the right technology the policy infrastructure of it has to be in place and you have to have a solid business plan so I think after that class I taking that class that was when I decided to go into consulting because I figured I have the technical piece down so let me try to like learn how to let me let me let me, let me let me learn about policy let me learn about business and and that led me to a corporate development and, and I think if I hadn't taken that class out of my major I wouldn't have Got
0: in that perspective. Yep. Uh, yeah. Life is not a straight line, and there are those uh, those experiences, and they can be very small, and they can be very short lived, but have such a profound uh, impact. Uh, I, I know yep. that uh, Kaplan is very lucky to have you as uh, as a member of their cor- of the of the corporate development team. So I wish you uh, great uh, great future success. Uh, Now, I want to do another round robin, uh, if we can. And let's go in the same order, starting with Nolvia, then to Victoria, and uh, finally Caduce. Uh, And I like to talk a lot about skills for the future on this show. So I'd like each of you to pick one skill that you believe will be the most important for your future career. What is that skill, and why is it on top of your list? 90 seconds each. Ready, go.
2: So I would say for me, it's emotional intelligence, um, being able to understand my own emotions and also understand the emotions of those around me, being empathetic. Um, I think as the world has reopened, um, we just need to be more aware of our emotions and of our teams and um, we're, we're more connected than ever. Um, and I think in order to thrive in the workplace, you just need to be aware of
0: other people oh. emotional intelligence it's a it, it that's a whole toolkit that you know that that's what i <laughs> it's a skill that i uh think of as kind of a master or a higher order uh skill because it inside of it are all sorts of sub skills uh communication uh being one of the one, one of the strongest so Good job with uh, emotional intelligence. Victoria?
3: For me, I will have to pick compassion. Uh, Every scholar, we come from humble backgrounds. Uh, We have had like a rough life, but it's not only just the scholars. I have met other students um, that have also gone through similar things that I have. People, and I think we often forget, like, you know, we're often so focused on our own little world that we forget that other people also go through difficult circumstances. And when we often like remind ourselves to just be more compassionate and be willing to give a helping hand to others, it would just be along the way. So as I, I go on on my medical career, that's something that I want to continue reminding myself when I see my patients, you know, like, like what, what is the environment that they're going through? Like help them help me see their stories. And I always remind myself this um, phrase that I tell myself every time. Is that Victoria, if you're in a position to help someone, then do it. Do it and I would the people say like, why wouldn't I do it? You know, I always do it and just continue to be a more compassionate person, be willing to be there for other people, and you will never regret it. I never have any regrets of all the people that I have helped and what have Kaplan has given me, they I have never regret. So yes.
0: Well, that's wonderful, Victoria. Uh and again, another higher order skill uh, because compassion, uh, as I like to uh, talk about, is uh, empathy uh, coupled with the willingness and ability to do something uh, about uh, the other individual's uh, plight. So uh, two thumbs up on your choice for uh, compassion. Uh, Caduce, let's, uh, let's finish up with you.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go the same way out as like you know, as you said, it's higher level um, skills. Something that I've been thinking a lot about is this idea of leading without authority, and and I think being in corporate development this past couple of years, um, I think there's been you know, so much that I've learned about how to build coalition, how to get people bought into your idea, and and how to understand different incentives that drives people's actions. And of course that takes, you know, understand, like active listening, effective communication and things like that. So as I go, as I go in this, in this space, I think the more I'm able to lead people to where I want them to be without, without having the authority of that leadership, if you will, I guess, um, it's something that I want to like, you know, keep honing and, I just, just want to say, like, you know, it's been such a, working with, you know, Andy Rosen and all of the executive team at Kaplan has been a masterclass in doing that. And, um, and I've seen how, how that's just, that just creates an, an environment of um, collaboration and growth, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's a wonderful choice. You know, so many of us uh, work in uh, positions where we're in the middle. We're we're never fully in charge of uh, of, uh, of of what we're doing. We're never fully in charge of our teams. We, we're always managing up, down, and and sideways. So that choice. Uh, just rings uh so so true to me. I spent uh, a great deal of my career influencing uh from uh, from the middle so that that's the word that immediately comes to mind. you know we are all leaders irrespective of uh, of our position and I, I I appreciate that from the choice that that you made. Now uh, we'll we'll get into our final question here. Uh, but before I ask it, I I just want to thank the, this whole group for joining me today. Uh, you've been you've been just excellent guests, and I, I want to I want I want to leave our listeners with a word, uh, which is that of being an ally. Uh, irrespective of the background that you're from, there are organizations like the Kaplan Educational Foundation where you can really become an ally for uh, people that don't talk like you, they don't look like you, they don't think the, the same way that, that you do, and the world needs more of that and not less. So I'm particularly proud to be able to have uh, you all on the show today and to just ask our listeners to think about that word ally, allyship, uh, and, uh, and what, what it means to you and how you can, in your own community, how you can make a difference by being an ally. So, Novia, final question please let our listeners know how they can get involved and contribute to the Kaplan educational foundation. And as a little side question, what are you most excited about for the future of KEF?
2: Sure. Uh, before I answer the question, I just want to say that, um, in the KEF world, we have our champions. And I want to thank you, Andy, for being one of our champions, always supporting our scholars showing up to our events and always, um, sharing your time with us. And, um, Thank you for having us again. Um, so in order for, for listeners to get involved, uh, I like to think of um, people getting involved in ways that are meaningful to them. Give back and do what's in an arm's reach. If it's for you, if it's um, reviewing um, student applications when we're recruiting new students, then that's that's a great way for you to get involved. If it's mentoring a student, if it's um, writing, writing a check, and you can also give back that way. I always like to say that there's a place for everyone at the foundation based on their on their um, on their on their availability and the ways that are meaningful to them. So whatever's in an arm's reach for you, we can figure that out. Um, and what I'm most excited about, there are two things. One is. Um, beginning our recruitment cycle a little bit earlier. So starting to work with high school seniors who are attending community college um, so that they can familiarize themselves not only with KEF, but also what success looks like at uh, community college and all the opportunities that await them. And another thing is really starting to shift the narrative um, around community college as a terminal degree i think when we look at internship opportunities our students are not eligible for them until they they enroll at their four-year school so really advocating for companies to view community college as freshman and sophomore year and the beginning for so many of our of our students and other students in community college who um, have big dreams that don't that don't end there
0: well, thank you all. Uh, never stop learning. Uh, I think in the last, uh, you know, twenty five minutes or so, we've learned a lot about the power uh, of education uh, and uh, learning. Learning never stops. Community college is a fantastic uh, pathway toward uh, toward a bright future, um, and uh, I, I couldn't be more proud to be with you here today. So. My name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. Uh, please follow us on uh, all the major podcasting services. We're now out on YouTube. And uh, please be an ally. Please uh, support uh, the Kaplan Educational Foundation or organizations in your area that, uh, that, that, uh, that, do, that do great works. Thanks and have a great day.